This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Rally International Kuala Lumpur or Rally KL is a non-profit NGO described as a sustainable youth developmental organisation that was founded in 1999 by a group of young Malaysian individuals who were inspired from the works of Raleigh and came forth to start up their own organisation, basically to spread awareness of who and what Raleigh is all about, but also to encourage young Malaysians to take charge of their lives by getting involved in global issues. Now, among their work, Raleigh Malaysia also carries out various adventure, community and environmental projects locally. And their latest expedition is the Raleigh Malaysia Taliwas Mini Expedition 2023, which aims to contribute towards the conservation and sustainable management of landscapes in Sabah. So today on the show, I'm joined by Hui Ning. She's the project lead for the Taliwas Expedition. And also Te Rui. She's the PR and communications officer at Rally Malaysia. They're going to fill us in on all the work that Rally does and also what this expedition is all about. Welcome, ladies. How are you today? Yeah, we're good. Thank you, Jay, for the inviting us for the podcast. Thank you so much, both of you, uh, for joining me today. So, ladies, I think, you know, maybe if we can just start with a sort of uh, explanation of, I mean, I think people are familiar with the name, but maybe they might know not know the difference between the international and the Malaysian chapters and all of that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the work that uh, Rally does, right? So I mentioned um, conservation work, sustainable work, lots of different projects, right? Can uh, what, either of you explain it to us? Sure. Okay. So I think when it comes to Rally, Rally International Kuala Lumpur, or more fondly known as Rally KL, um, we go way back. So honestly, it's a long, long, long journey, a lot of story, a lot of history from way back, I think around 1980s uh, even. So we have our first venturer or volunteer, we usually call venturer, who went for his first expedition all the way on like um, halfway across the world. So it's like on a ship and they go for expeditions, doing good things, along with a bunch of strangers just coming together <laughs> and getting to know each other. Yeah, And from that, after that, he came back and then he, there are a lot more people who came also and went for other kinds of expeditions like in Chile, in Borneo, so a lot of places. So afterwards, that's where they came back together and they actually come together and actually form our organisation in 1999 itself. Mm -hmm. So that's when Rally KL was officially born. So Rally Malaysia, on the other hand, is a very recent, very new coalition or alliance between our sister organisation and us. So our sister organisation is is known as Rally Sabah Society, or more fondly known as RSS. So we keep it short and simple. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, this is where both our our organisations, we come together and we form a coalition because in 2018, actually, so our Borneo expedition in Sabah actually was uh, stopped because uh, that was when it was under our parent organisation. So it might be a bit complicated (laughs) here. So our parent organisation, which is Rally International, based in the UK, Okay, all right. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so thank you for explaining that, right? Because, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of different names there. But let's talk about how the both of you got involved uh, with Rally, right? I mean, I know both of you have been on expeditions. And uh, I guess my question is, you know, what actually uh, drew you to, you know, the community and the different expeditions? Uh, maybe, uh, Rui, you want to start first? Okay, sure. Um, my experience is pretty, like, dif- uh, kind of, like, in a different uh, organization, I'll say. So I started my rally expedition with Rally Singapore and Rally Mongolia. So basically, Rally have different um, division in different uh, countries around the world. So that's I went to the rally uh, 
Operation Amarsai, the name of the expedition, organized by Raleigh Singapore and Raleigh Mongolia. And it was a two-week expedition to Mongolia for uh, cleaning building and also for toilet uh, compost, for composting toilet project. Okay. But why I actually went there is because I originally like you know, uh, nature, firstly. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's adventures. Because for me, when I studied uh, in overseas, that's how uh, and I participated in a lot of community service in uh, uh, expedition. That's how I learned to grow myself, to develop myself for my leadership and also for to build my resilience. I think that's very important. So that, that's how I built my uh, leadership and also uh, own self-leadership and also leadership for the team itself. And also the second thing that I think is very important is how I learned about resiliency. Mm-hmm. So how to overcome challenges in our life. Um, because Raleigh Expedition itself, the program design is really to des- uh, in, uh, is designed to encourage the youth to step out from their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's when... We grow, so yeah, that's when you know yeah. your weaknesses and your strength, and yeah, your, yeah, yeah. So, so that's where I know my weaknesses and also my strengths, and how I can contribute to the team, and also to the society, and how I can contribute to myself and to my work, and that's why I joined the Operation Amarsai. Uh, we rally Singapore and rally Mongolia, and now I'm here in KL for work, and then I continue my, you know, my interest and also my uh, adventurous spirit together with Raleigh KL and Raleigh Malaysia. Okay, all right, excellent. And I'm sure you had like many, many sort of like, uh, I, I want to use the word adventures, but a lot of interesting experiences are very life-changing. Would I, would I be right in saying life-changing experiences through your expeditions? Yeah, anything you want to share with our listeners? Mm, okay, I think this is a really, I think it's very memorable to me and it's so challenging, really step out from my comfort zone, is that we did tree planting and 800 of seedlings <laughs> in two days in the national park of uh, one of the national park in Mongolia. Okay. It was insane because it's 800 and you know the tree planting process is not easy. Yeah. You have to dig, you have to put in the seedlings, you have to cover it up and then you have to do the watering. And then we did in like we had 30 something people. But for me, it's very challenging. Firstly, it's uh, physical yeah. because of the physical um, consumption. Like it's really, you need a lot of strength for it. Mm. And then we, you know, I myself, to be honest, I'm not that active in sport or like, you know, I'm not that, I'm not, I don't have enough strength at that, at that time. So it was so tough for me at first to dig the soil <laughs> out <laughs> to squat yeah. and then put the seedlings in. Um, and then you'll be like feeling like you're doing the, doing squat for 100 times in a day, more than 100 times in a day. <laughs> it's, it's really like, challenging for me. And then I was like, one time I was like, break down. I was like, gosh, um, why am I here? <laughs> but the thing is that the process is very fulfilling because we it was really about teamwork. Mm-hmm. How do we, we had leader in the team on how we can do this more effectively. And then we take, take care, we took care of each other in the process. So it, I, I went through the whole process until the end together with my team. And I learned really, learned about the teamwork and also the fulfillment of like, deter, of like um, con- continue things with perseverance mm-hmm. and also determination. Um, it's just so fulfilling 
by the end of the tree planting, mm-hmm. and then we saw all the seedlings stand up in a, in rows, like 800 seedlings in front of us, and then we took pictures like, wow, gosh, we did it. <laughs> After this, I think we can, whoever wants to do tree seedlings right, can look for Rui. He's <laughs> an expert already. Right. No, I mean, I also thought like, oh, tree planting sounds so easy, and I went, and my goodness, it was not easy at all. I mean, no. yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, it's not just, okay, pop the seedlings in and wonderful. No, there's a lot of work, so I totally yes. understand what you mean. And, and for you, Ning, um, you know, you, how did you get involved with uh, Rally, you know, and um, talk to me about some of the expeditions that you've been on. Okay, sure. So my journey with Rally started way back in uni. So I've just completed my third year in my Bachelor of Psychology in Help. Shout out to Help. So <laughs> that point, I think it's just like a lot of young people back then, right? Um, okay, like, I'm still quite young, like, but <laughs> just they're saying that, Back then, everyone was just at the crossroads, just thinking, what to do next? Should I go into a, your job or should I just uh, straight, um, just go somewhere, just do a gap year before I actually commit to something, right? So that was when I started uh, looking around, uh, just like at the end, last semester, semester, sorry, last semester, just seeing like what I can do okay. just to fulfill my time, make my life a bit more meaningful uh, rather than just graduate and straight away go to the 9 to 5 grind which is not something I value Yeah, could be something that other people value but Correct, not me yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but for me that's when I was just scrolling through Google going through Facebook and then somehow or rather like I don't know how the targeted ads reached me <laughs> and that was when I came across Rally KL's like first event so which is like called it an introduction weekend. So an introduction weekend is where um, it's a three-day, two-night uh, camp targeting youths like myself back then um, just to ex- let them experience what expedition is like in that three days, two nights before they actually commit to like uh, maybe a five-week-long program, ten-week-long program, which is what I did. So in that three-day, two-night camp, we had a lot of fun. We've done a lot of things together, like a lot of teamwork building, a lot of interesting activities la, that we do together as a group so not so much of like just um, just go there and then like glamping and just go there sit down eat and then just play river and then c- come out from the river and go home mm. yeah but it's more of like a team building camp and it, a lot of things that is quite outside of what my expectations were so it was quite interesting to see okay. and quite eye-opening because alongside that there were people who were my facilitators who actually introduced me more to expeditions and what those were and after I hear those stories from them that they they go oh 10 weeks away like in a rural place like or maybe in an isolated place away from civilization I was just like wow sign me up (laughs) (laughs) not something that I think a lot of people would like to do something so outside like um, outside the comfort of their beds outside the comfort of their homes and just putting yourself out there in some unusual place with a bunch of strangers from God knows where, whichever country, right? <laughs> so it just put together for 10 weeks. It's quite quite a surreal feeling. So that is what I was I was told by the people there when I met them there. And I was like, okay, you know what? Sign me up. When's the next one? So they said the next one and the last one was in June 2018. Okay. Yeah. So that's when I told myself that's no, no other chance already because after that, there won't be any more Borneo expedition. Mm. So so then I sign up, go through the process. So go through the process of applying, then uh, fundraise for my own expedition fees because was, it was quite a, a chunk, especially for students. But uh, not too demanding because uh, it was quite 
uh, there were a lot of people who were quite supportive for me to go. So then uh, that I managed to get enough funds to go. Okay. So, yeah, so I would say that was the best 10 weeks of my life. I would say life-changing, as you mentioned, as Rui has mentioned also, because so many things are done. So 10 weeks expedition, usually in an expedition, we have a components that are divided into three components. So one of it is like community. So we've done community work. Uh, working alongside villagers and for myself I worked alongside villagers to build a gravity fed water system okay yep so uh, that was very eye opening mm -hmm. and then the second one was an environmental project so went all the way into Danum Valley if any of you have heard of Danum Valley before so it's a very pristine uh, class 1 rainforest all the way in the Hadatu uh, which does a lot of amazing conservation work in the primary rainforest. So a lot of things are endemic there, flora, fauna, and fortunately enough, get to see like orang utan when you wake up in the morning, or oh, you can see the orang utan up there above your campsite just looking down at you with her, with her baby. Yeah, it's very cute. Oh, amazing. And yeah. then pygmy elephants, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yes, pygmy yeah, elephants, so many, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was uh, very lucky we saw it on the last day when we were heading back out. Okay. So, yeah, so that is the environmental. So that if we, we help researchers to build bridges there inside the conservation area. Okay. So to provide them better access into the into the rainforest to run their research because okay. it is a UNESCO protected place. And the, for the project, it's actually going to be around that area, which mm. I'll, we will get into it a bit later. Okay. And finally, the adventure phase, which I think was the most challenging phase for everyone who, was, who went because it was around 19 days. We are in the jungles of Borneo, in Sabah, no civilization, no phone, no connection with the outside world. So 19 days just in the jungle trekking from one end to the other end. So that was like a total of like at least like 70 over kilometers, 80 over kilometers up and down mountain ridges. And all of us were carrying our heavy rucksacks and all of us were just doing like a lot of camp things together, everyone taking turns to lead each other. So I thought that was a very unique experience that not a lot of places can provide this mm -hmm. and actually learn a lot not just about the people that I was with but also a lot about myself mm -hmm. so didn't know that I could do these things if I actually have to put my right put my mind into it yeah so that I would say is because of those experiences I would say it's a life-changing experience and I really want to see this experience being shared with everyone else who has the yeah. similar experience yeah, hence okay. I stayed with Raleigh. So okay. <laughs> that's why I'm doing that's why I'm doing a lot of things yeah, yeah, okay. in Raleigh. That's why we restart and relaunch the expedition. Mm. Okay. And we'll talk about the expedition, but let's just go for a quick break, ladies. When we come back, let's talk about uh, the Raleigh Malaysia Taliwas mini expedition twenty twenty three. I'm speaking today to Hui Ning, she's the project lead for the Raleigh Malaysia Taliwas mini expedition, and Te Ruyi, she is the PR and communications officer with Raleigh Malaysia. We'll have more after this quick break. Keep it right here on Live and Learn on the bigger picture. BFM 89.9 Welcome back. This is Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Jillette Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Te Rui. She's the PR and Communications Officer with Rally Malaysia. And Hui Ning, she's the Project Lead of the Rally Malaysia Taliwas Mini Expedition 2023. And that is what we're talking about today alongside, you know, finding out more about the work that Rally Malaysia does. So, you know, before the break, ladies, you shared how, uh, you know, life-changing those expeditions that you guys went on were for you. And of course, now, you know, you want to, uh, you want others to share that, ex uh, that those experiences as well. You know, discover more about themselves. Uh, also, 
also, I think, you know, about the landscapes, right, that they visit, right? So much more, I think, uh, you can learn about appreciation for uh, our environment as well. So let's talk about this. So why, uh, can, you, can we first talk about the area? So the Taliwas River Conservation Area, or TRCA, why was this particular area chosen uh, for this uh, expedition? Okay, so initially when we were first contacted, um, so... Uh, just a bit of context. So all of these conservation areas, so Talivas River is a conservation area that is protected under the Yayasan Sabah or Sabah Foundation. So we have a, a working partnership, a MOU signed with them under Rally Malaysia. And that's when they contacted us early this year and they just mentioned that, hey, um, uh, people from Talivas are actually reaching out. They want to like have like a bit of help um, building this um, micro hydro dam okay so um that is where we okay we so we said okay sure let's just go into the place just to have check it out and see what we can do with them because in the past we've actually have a project with them before way back in rally Bonio. so that was at least 12 years ago okay yeah so we did something else uh, other than which is not the focus of this current project. Okay. But um, yeah, so we went just check it out, just have a chat with the people in charge there. Uh, so I myself um, and a couple of others were also there. So from Rally Sabah and Rally KL, we were all there just checking out and just surveying and see what kind of things we can do there. And, and after that, we realised that actually there is a very big need for uh, our help there because one the manpower there is actually very little so the only people who are working there are just the admin staffs and the forest rangers and of course the head of the place and which is not a lot of people I think there was only like um, 12 people if I'm not mistaken so not a, not a lot of manpower in, especially if you want to build a big thing like a dam so it might take a lot of manpower it might take a lot of time it might take a lot of effort and that is why they reached out to us because uh, we have this uh, we have this understanding, we have this uh, collaboration that uh, for rally people, for the rallyans we call it, we go into a project site and we provide that kind of manpower and we provide that kind of contribution to um, the project sites, whatever okay. that is needed. So alongside that, that is where we also bring in our, our specialty, our trademark, which is developing youth, yes. or developing volunteers who go in mm -hmm. to help. So... It's not just like a thing that we, that we provide the support, but also we ourselves providing the support within our own ecosystem of reliance. So that's when we realised that, okay, this is something that is feasible. This is something that can work for both our sides because that uh, apart from helping them to build them, which provides them with a very clean source of electricity rather than just relying on a generator and just pumping diesel every day, which is expensive, is costly for not just their pockets, but also their, the environment. Mm. And it's quite ironic because they are in a conservation area mm. and they're still relying on this kind of source of electricity, right? So that's where we realised that, okay, maybe we can do something in the microhydro dam, which involves another partner, actually. So the other partner is called Tony Bung. So they are actually a Sabah-based organisation. Yeah, Adrian Lassimbang, right? I've spoken ah, to yes, 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 yes. him before. Yes. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, okay, yeah, yeah. No worries. Uh, yeah, good, a good friend of Raleigh. So, yeah. So that is where we have this like collaboration, wanting to work together to create this dam so that we can have that clean source of electricity, like I've mentioned. So, yeah, that's how we decided to carry forward and make this 
happen. Okay, all yeah. right. So, so that's so it's quite interesting as well, right? And this area also, um, you know, is dedicated to reforestation and log forests, right, around the Taliwas region and all of that. So, there's a lot of interesting work happening there as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, all right. And um, so, how, <laughs> so it is really an interesting place. And what exactly are you guys? I mean, how many people, you know, can actually join this expedition? What are they expected to do when they go? Okay, so. Firstly, we are targeting 20, 20 to 25 people. So at who our target audience is actually the youth, mm-hmm. by 17 to 24 years old youth. So anyone, you know, any youth that like, uh, you know, SPM just released, if you would like to have, you know, some kind of like a gap or a break to think about, you know, which direction I want to go, or you just want to have a break, you can come and join us. Um, because we do have, we do design the program and what Ning says, the ecosystem to help youth in the, to develop themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of our our core. And then secondly is that for youth itself, we what you can expect is that firstly, like what Ning was sharing, you have you will, you will help with the conservation area with the ranges and the organization itself with the micro hydro dam construction so basically is our role is to support and contribute our strength our you know our energy to them and then secondly what you can expect is that we're going to have like tracking so that's the adventurous part mm-hmm. we'll track along the danone valley area if i'm not wrong yeah that yes. whole area yeah yeah the, the whole region. area <laughs> the Taliwas area and then it's going to be uh, uh, a night walk uh, so it would be a long distance walk, but you definitely we we have been through that to to did recce and everything. So um, we will bring you along, lead you guys through the process and everything. And then thirdly is that you're going to have the chance to get close with the nature in that area. So. Like I didn't go to the recce, but then when they share the elephants, uh-huh. the baby elephant, the elephant troop there, and then the orang udan as well. So it's a uh, because Dalewas area is a first uh, conserve, first class conserve uh, forest. Okay. So it's very nature. I mean, like every original is still very uh, pristine. Um, the area, so you get to get close to the nature at the same time, also the people, the local people there. So you get a chance to know more about, you know, what's happening around this area, what's happening, you know, uh, about the environment, uh, especially the forestation uh, problems, issues in Sabah directly by communicating with the locals and also to have this aspirational learning in that area. So that's like the three main things that they can expect. Okay. Yes. And in terms of like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm like, okay, what skills do I need to come? Or is that, you know, you just come with an open mind and, you know, you guys will train. Okay. Um, you don't need to have any skill. What we really need you is just to bring your, firstly, of course, open-minded and then the willingness to learn and with your, and also your curiosity. Okay. Because curiosity is really important and that's how we find that it's very important for us in learning. Because when you have a curiosity, then you will start to question, you will start to learn, like with open mindset. So you don't need to have like a very specific skills, for example, um, you know, like like, uh, like me, PR or communication skills, or you you don't need to have like um, what hiking skill or, you know, like climbing or no, just come with a prepared mindset. 
you are here to learn, you are here to 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 make friends. There you go. You can come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I guess you know. Also, the other thing is like, would you be uh, expected to have a certain fitness level, for example? You know, or would you know need to know how to swim, for example? Those sorts of life skills are they, are they quite uh, important as well when you're applying? Yeah, those are those are an added bonus. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, added you, bonus. Yeah. Right. Let's say you're swimming and you you learn to swim, then you can enjoy. Of course, swimming the river. Okay. <laughs> so of yeah. course, we didn't safety protocols because we also have an established safety protocol that works and to make sure everyone's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but other than that, fitness levels, honestly, no. No? As okay. Now, it's just as long as you're very clear that you know, what kind of medical conditions that you yes. might have, mm-hmm. just to make sure then um, I think everything is okay, then we'll just yeah. see accordingly. Okay. We'll take yeah. care of like the face safety and so the medical conditions. Mm. So you just need to, if it asthma everything, you have just preempt us that you have this medical condition and we will prepare like uh, you know anything happens okay. because safety is very 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 important. important yeah and the other thing is you know because you're going into you know areas where there are local communities who are already established there right so how do you make sure that you know uh, I guess you know you're respectful to their sort of like a way of living and respectful to to them now you know because it's their home as well right yeah how do you guys ensure that Okay, so how we ensure that is, of course, we got to listen to the locals first. Yeah. So uh, I, when we arrive there, we we'll definitely have a little briefing, of, especially just a conversation with locals, like the local rangers, especially about the do's and don'ts and just like how do we respect one another? How do we respect the nature, especially the nature? Because we want to protect that place, right? So yeah, it's just a lot of like opening your ears. So listening, sorry, we say just open up your experiences just to allow yourself to be in the experience to understand that place and at the same time maintain a certain respect and not be respectful to the local community there as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. So so this is going to happen uh, quite soon, right, guys? I mean, uh, how, how can folks actually apply? And maybe what is the thing that you want all, all the participants, uh, all, you know, potential participants to know before they even apply? Okay, so... Firstly, you can apply through our Instagram and also Facebook page. So we have our links on our page itself. Um, and what you have to do is that the process would be like you have, you, we have a Google form link and just fill out your basic information in the form. Mm-hmm. And then you have to download the application form from the uh, Google form itself and then fill out all the details and then send us back uh, the form to us. So, uh, to register yourself with the expedition. So that's the very simple process. And then we will get back to you with the fundraising um, details and also the details of the project itself after we confirm your place and your seat with us. Um, and the cost, so, so the basic, basic kind of what information, firstly, is the cost currently we confirm is 950 for one person. Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage everyone to do fundraising because firstly, we don't want to, you know, like for youth itself, if you have the ability to do that and experience that, it will, ver- it will be very, very added value in terms of you know how is it, you know, difficult is it or, or to, to get, you know, the money for to, to experience things. But of course, the main thing is that we don't want you to take 
taking things from granted for sure. granted. Sure. So we will share the fundraising tips and everything with you uh, after the registration, and then you can start your fundraising after that. And then uh, this cost itself, I think I sh- we should be clear that it as uh, it excludes the flight ticket. So it's the participation fee for the pro- the two weeks project. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, the flights, you need to cover that on your own, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's basically, this is the whole the application process. Okay. Yeah, and we get into, we, we actually have starting the recruitment and also the, the application. And then it will, we will stop the recruitment uh, by mid of July. Yes, okay. to prepare, to prepare the participants, like, you know, in the process between um, the mid-July to the expedition itself. Okay, all right, got it, okay. And, um, okay, so I guess, you know, just head to your the social media, um, your social media channels, right? And everything is there. But I guess, you know, before I let the both of you go, you know, if you could just give me one sort of like final message of, you know, how this has really uh, impacted your life, you know, and why you really think this is something that everybody or every youth, you know, should actually, uh, you know, give a shot. Well, I guess it's quite coincidental that we had this conversation <laughs> on the way here to yes. the station. Yeah, uh-huh. so we talked a bit about expecting the unexpected, right? So a lot of things like yes, sure, we need to know the important things just to make sure we're safe. We make sure that we go there, we don't go there illegally. <laughs> yeah, so just make sure everything's in place. Um, but the process itself, if I think even for myself, learning from just like for the past few years of my life growing up, I ne- we never stopped growing up. Eh? <laughs> so um, just growing, just learning about that. Sometimes in life, it's not just a straight road. So it's always there's this like certain, when you think you're going a path, there's always a detour that, that will happen. Or maybe sometimes a, maybe a tree will fall down, you got to take a different path. There's always something that might happen. And and uh, yeah, sometimes it might be scary. Sometimes it might be uh, stressful. But it, it at the end of the day, you're still moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that is when the unexpected thing comes out. So yeah, just expect the unexpected. And honestly, that is when you have the most fun, especially when you're coming to a place two weeks away from your your bed, your civilization, the people that you know, a bunch of people that who have a similar interest in you, just experiencing nature and at the same time doing something good. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Rhi, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, sure. I just, when listening to me, <laughs> I just had this idea of like sharing the whole scenario about sustainability because I myself like working as sustainability practitioner <laughs> currently. So when we talk about, you know, nature is a very uh, environment and also sustainability is a very, very big thing currently. Everyone is talking about it, no matter you are in business, no matter you are in school or wherever you are, we talk about sustainability uh, and sustainable development. And, you know, a lot of times we were discussed about these concepts, right? And then what I found that we seldom talk about the solution. And I was wondering why, right? And then one of the things is that I found that it's because we didn't experience it. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the chance to go and see what's really happening. And then there's no triggers, there's no stimulation that make people to awake, to be more awake, that we need we need a real solution. So really, really give this chance because like one of the elements is environmental to people, to the youth especially. 
to go and see, to to experience, see, you know, even you, you see, you hear, or you smell, or even you taste. You know, like when I was in Mongolia, the haze problem is very, very uh, serious. And that's where I know, no, this problem is a very, very bad, uh, serious environmental problem in that country. Mm-hmm. So really, especially really get you to go and experience and then feel it with your senses to know what's really happening in the environment itself, but not from your textbook or from news or from the media. But that experiential learning will have very, um, I'll say, multiple kind, multiplies, uh, pliers, um impact in you mm-hmm. and that's how we trigger and stimulate ourselves to go and find solution the real solution to help the environment to help the people around us that firstly is to help yourself first because like you through the uh, expedition itself you will firstly is the self-development part and then after that is the environmental consciousness and awareness and then the people and uh, community awareness after that. So that experience will be is a very concrete and it's very uh, um, robust kind of like design for you to, to know what really happened. Mm-hmm. And then after that, encourage you to take ba- baby steps to do something to help to help yourself and to help the people and to help the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I have never ever seen any other organizations able to carry out this kind of program, except, you know, Raleigh is doing this. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds amazing. And I do hope, you know, more youth join. But, you know, thank you so much, ladies, uh, for joining me today and for sharing. So I was speaking to Hui Ning, Project Lead, and Te Rui, the PR and Communications Officer for Rally Malaysia. We were talking about the Rally Malaysia Taliwas Mini Expedition 2023. So if you'd like to find out more, you know, you guys are, of course, uh, already uh, accepting applications. So just follow Rally Kuala Lumpur on uh, social media. So that's on Instagram. Rally Kuala Lumpur, also Rally Sabah on Instagram, uh, and likewise on Facebook, Rally Kuala Lumpur or Rally Sabah Society. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my/learn. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Live and Learn on the Bigger Picture, BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.